Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk today. I'm here with Devin. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> so were you originally born in Toronto or? Yeah, I was born in uh, Toronto, Ontario. Born and raised. And were your parents originally from Canada as well? Or no. Were they Korean? Yeah, they're yeah. Korean. So my mother and father were born and raised in uh, South Korea and then they moved when they were about 18, 20-ish to uh, Toronto. Oh, so they met back in Korea? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, how did, then what did they move here for, or move to Canada for? Just uh, better opportunities, you know. Like for school? Yeah, schooling and work. That's um, so cute. Yeah. They had like a goal together. Yeah, they did. It was it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are their careers in? Uh, so my mom owns a Korean travel agency in Toronto. Oh, wow. And my father's family, he owns a Korean television station in uh, Toronto. Mm. Yeah, it's called ALTV. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think you got your creative side from? Definitely uh, my dad and a bit of my mom's just forcing me to do creative things. Yeah. Um, my mom put me in a lot of extracurricular activities and she put me through art school as well. Oh wow. So yeah, that's kind of where I found uh, music and, and uh, the arts. And was she the one who made you do like five instruments? <laughs> like oh yeah, I mean, you, like, know, why you know how so Asian many? parents be, you know? So yeah, she put me through piano, violin, cello. You know, in art school I played the trombone and then I kind of learned how to play guitar and drums um, through playing music with my friends. Mm -hmm. Wait, so why did you want to do so many? Like, are you like professional at all of these or were you were, were you not thinking of like just choosing one and like being like an expert at that you know as a kid I was just kind of being told like I was just doing what I was told to do yeah you know um, and then throughout the years I kind of found that I, I just disliked when people were telling me how to do my own music and that's kind of when I picked up uh, the guitar and the drums mm -hmm. just because you know there were no teachers for me then um, I wasn't taking any lessons for it I can just kind of do what I want learn what I wanted to learn mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of why I gravitated more towards you know the guitar and the drums instead of sticking with the piano and violin so you were in a lot of orchestra yeah I know I le legit was <laughs> in my art school I was in like the symphonic orchestra and I was in the jazz band playing the trombone well. <laughs> at what age were you in the art school um so in grade four how old are you when you're in grade four i don't know grades like mm. like nine i'm trying to convert because i didn't grow up oh here. really yeah why am i so dumb right now <laughs> um <laughs> like 12 maybe i don't know something Comment like that <laughs> yes let's let's leave it at that <laughs> But what made you want to go to art school? I feel like that's kind of uncommon for an Asian family to do art school. It really actually just wasn't my choice. Um, I just remember in grade three, at the end of the year, my mom telling me, Davin, I'm taking you out of this school. You're gonna leave your friends behind. <laughs> I'm taking you to art school. And I just remember being really upset and I cried about it because you know, I was leaving my friends that I mm -hmm. you know, made there. 
But why um, did she choose that art school, you know? I think um, she just wanted to give me, you know, a bunch of opportunities to kind of narrow down what I actually liked, mm -hmm. you know, in the end. And, you know, there's a lot of times where I, you know, was really upset at my mom for putting me through so many different activities. But I think in the end, it helped me figure out what I actually wanted to do in life. Mm -hmm. So, actually thanks, going, mom. Yeah, going to the art school wouldn't have narrowed you down to more of like a creative path. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at, at my art school, I had to, you know, do things like, like dance. <laughs> I legit had to, you know, partake in ballet. It was mandatory. So, that's where I learned I definitely did not want to be a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> How do you describe your personality back then growing up? Um, introverted extrovert, mm. for sure. I, you know, I had a small circle of friends that I really got along with and, you know, they would see the really extroverted side of me. But to uh, people who I don't know, I'm really introverted. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what were your best subjects at school growing up? Um, not math. <laughs> uh, I was really good at biology, actually. I'm mm -hmm. really good at, like, memorizing things. Okay. Um, so biology was good for me. Um, English. And um, yeah, all the all the music-related stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. And what kind of clicked to you early on that law was something that you were curious about? Law was pretty much, uh, you know, I kind of just went into law to make my mom happy. Um, you know, when I graduated and I got into uh, Queens University, I really did not know like what I wanted to do in life. Didn't really have a direction, and I just kind of went with something that. I thought would make my mom happy. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, yeah, why not just study to be a lawyer? So <laughs> she I went studied. from like art school to law school. I know. I was like, mom, <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> why are you mad that I'm choosing music? You know. <laughs> if but, it yeah. wasn't for law, like, what were you intrigued about at that point in your life? Definitely music. Already? Yeah. It was um, the first year of university is where I found electronic music, um, just kind of through the friends that I made um, on my floor. Um, Do you remember how, oh, well, who was the first artist they showed you? Yeah, yeah, uh, they showed me uh, a handful actually, so Skrillex, Botneck, Felix Cartel, Nero, and Flux Pavilion. Okay. So those were like the first batch of artists that I started listening to and I was like, yo, this is crazy. And just, you know, from my musical background, I, you know, listening to stuff like that, I, I was so curious about how to do that, that I, you know, pirated a version of Ableton <laughs> and started making beats myself. What were you listening to before EDM, like outside of classical stuff? Um, lots of uh, indie acoustic stuff, lots of blues, lots of classic rock, and I went through a big metal phase when I was younger as well. Oh, were yeah. you in bands as well then with oh, your yeah, friends? for sure. We were, we were all into, you know, thrash metal and speed metal and all that stuff, so... Yeah, that was fun. Was it original music or was it covers? Mostly covers. Um, I did have like a band with two of my other friends where we made a few originals and we would do Battle of the Bands every year and stuff. Um, but yeah, we were we were not the best. <laughs> <laughs> and did teaching ourselves how to produce come really easy to you early on? Um, I think the, the foundation of music what is helpful in a different way. Producing is just a whole other beast, you know. Um, there was just so many things I had to learn on the technical side of things mm -hmm. that were different, completely different than what I learned, um, you know, traditionally from like just playing the piano or the drums. 
Um, so there was definitely a steep learning curve that I had to uh, overcome, for sure. Mm -hmm. And how did you get your music out there initially? Um, it was crazy because one of my friends, he went off to a, a different university, but he, he remained one of my close friends. He was uh, DJing and producing um, himself. And he was starting to get known in the Montreal music scene. And he actually knew that I was producing music and um, he got a, so a song signed to Cannibal and Records mm -hmm. um, when they were first starting out. And he said, yo, they're like looking for submissions. I submitted one of your tracks. And I was like, why would, you do, that? <laughs> why would you do that? Why? Like, I'm trash. Um, and yeah, they actually just hit me up and they were like, yo, we love the track. We'd love to bring you out to Montreal and talk to you a little bit about our label and our vision. And yeah, the rest is history. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Did, were you aware of all their music before? No, not at all. Mm -hmm. I had no idea who they were. And, you know, back then, BTSM were um, really not that well known either. You know, they were just kind of starting out themselves. This was even before BTSM had their helmets on. Oh, okay. So this was way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what um, year in college was this? This was maybe second or third. Yeah, second or third year, mm -hmm. I believe. So I really, really did not have that much experience producing music and I, I still don't understand why <laughs> they were drawn to my music, but mm -hmm. I'm glad they were because my life would be very different if they hadn't, yeah. you know? And what was the next step after that? Really, it was just, you know, I went and visited them in Montreal and they told me about this collective that they were trying to build, um, something that, you know, had more of like a family vibe, you know, something where all the artists can grow together and succeed together. And I thought that was super awesome because, you know, I knew some friends, you know, just being signed to specific labels, but they don't really, you know, give you that much attention. Yeah. They're just kind of releasing music through them. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And, you know, I really wanted to see where I could take this. So that was like a huge uh, step for me. Was mm -hmm. being like, yeah, okay, like let's let's do this. <laughs> and then, how long after did you meet your management? Um, it's funny because BTSM just kind of decided to be my management as well. Oh. So they're still currently managing me. Yeah, so that's all. They're awesome. I interviewed them also. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they've basically been with me since day one. Mm -hmm. So shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what was it like balancing school and music? Like that must have been so difficult. Yeah, it was really hard because I, I tend to get absorbed in whatever I'm doing, like 100%. Um, so I would definitely, you know, skip so much class just to <laughs> make music. And I remember there was one week during finals where I had a remix for Iggy Azalea due. <laughs> in two days, I had three papers due and I had like five exams the next week and that week my computer decided no. to crash. Yeah. So that was one of the most stressful things of my life. Yeah. What did your mom think of you? What was it like telling them that you wanted oh. to make EDM? Uh, I didn't even tell them it was EDM. I just told them it was music. But I mean, that's fine, right? I mean, they thought yeah, you were doing music all along, but yeah. EDM's different though. Yeah, They're like, what is DJ? I know. Um, I, originally, my mom was, you know, really opposed to it, um, and, you know, she just, like, didn't believe that there was a lot of money in the scene, mm -hmm. like, you know, electronic music, let alone just music in itself, 
and the chances of actually making it or being successful are super low. And like, I get it, like I understand. Um, but you know, I feel like uh, parents just wanna see like their kids succeed, you know? So once I started being able to support myself with my music, you know, she's happy. Yeah, so. and then did you finish school or? Yeah, I did, I graduated. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't go off to law school like I originally planned. Um, I just graduated with my undergrad oh. in sociology and I was like, peace, <laughs> I'm making music. <laughs> Yeah. And did you have to have, did you have other jobs after you graduated or you were already earning off music? No, so I was, when I graduated, um, I started interning at this like in-house production company where they would make music and do sound design oh, for wow. movies and video games and trailers and stuff. So, you know, I would be doing stuff there and like, you know, writing music for, you know, bread commercials or, you know, Mercedes. Oh, how did you get into the sing stuff? Oh, so um, another artist on Cannibal and Apash, he was actually doing the same thing in the uh, Montreal location. Mm -hmm. And he recommended um, myself to the Toronto location. He was like, yo, there's this producer if you ever need a writer. And then, yeah, they just hired me on as an intern. So I started doing that for mm -hmm. like maybe a year after I graduated. Did you like it? I loved it. But the commercial stuff? Yeah, it was super fun and I, um, it was an opportunity to be creative and work, you know, in music. But at the end of the day, like, I just wasn't feeling musically fulfilled because I was constantly writing music for other people and not myself. Mm -hmm. And one of my other coworkers there, she, um, you know, I was talking to her about this and she was like, you know, you should really just give this music thing a chance because like you do have talent and if you don't do it 100% right now, like you're never going to do it. Yeah. So it, yeah, right after that talk, I told them, you know, I'm going to try doing this music thing for real and I haven't turned back since. Mm -hmm. yeah. And did you have another moniker before dabbing? Nope, just dabbing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was like, what's the most creative name I could think of? <laughs> just my first name. Yeah, and what was it like going from like remixes to originals? Because I feel like a lot of artists starting out have a difficulty battling that. Because mm -hmm. it's so easy to get like stuck in the remixes for me, remix that for me. For sure, I actually, you know, I, I really enjoy doing remixes. Um, and I think as a, you know, growing producer, it's very helpful because you can, you know, isolate all these different parts and see how individual aspects sound. So I thought that was helpful for me, but at a certain point I was really ready to just start making my own music. Mm -hmm. you know? And what clicked to you to put out albums? Because I feel like a lot of electronic artists still haven't taken the leap and right. till now are still touring off like remixes or singles. I just think, you know, as an artist, it's important to tell a story. And I feel like, you know, with a single or just two, three tracks, it's kind of hard to tell like a cohesive story. So I'm always just drawn to doing albums because I feel like it gives me a better platform to, you know, tell people the story that I want to tell mm -hmm. musically. So. And then how long after did you meet Elenium? Um, so I met Elenium kind of through Black Tiger Sex Machine. Um, he followed me on Twitter one day. You know, and he was like, yo, your music's great, like we should link up sometime. And then um, me, BTSM, and Elenium were playing Electric Forest one year, I think it was 2015. And BTSM was like, yo, this Elenium guy, like he kind of makes similar music to you. Um, you, should, you guys should link up. 
you know? And so they kind of organized this thing where we met up at Electric Forest. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I met him there and he was a super nice guy. And he's like, yeah, let's keep in touch. Do you want to do a remix for me? So that's when I did the Afterlife remix for him. And yeah, we just, that was the beginning of like a great friendship. <laughs> yeah. How about Said the Sky? Said the Sky I met through just Nick, you know, playing shows with Nick. Um, I think the first time I met Said the Sky was when we all played in LA together. And he was playing piano during Nick's set. And that was kind of um, where the idea of, oh yeah, like let's all, all three of us play like instruments together live, you know? So that's where the rush over me guitar and piano kind of started. And then that was kind of like the foundation for Nick's um, like a wake band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about with Seven Lions? I was like messaging him like way back in the day. You know, I was like, hey, just shoot my shot, you know. Uh, yeah, put out an EP, I love your stuff. And I, I kind of never just never heard from, from him ever, you know. But then a few years later, he followed me on Twitter and I was just like, oh my heart. <laughs> And, you know, he asked if I wanted to do a remix for uh, Free Soul, and I was like, nothing in the world would make me happy. <laughs> so that's kind of where we connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about with Slander? Slander, I just, uh, I met through, um, through Jeff, Seven Lions. It was, um, so we started, uh, Seven Lions and I started working on First Time for like a while, you know? Um, and then Seven Lions was like, Oh, hey, so this song, originally, I actually wanted it to be like a slander collab. Do you, would you mind if they also hopped on it too? And I was like, no, that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. And so we all three kind of came together and finished this all together. Yeah. yeah. What's the inspiration behind Wild Youth? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Wild Youth uh, is basically just a story about growing up. Um, kind of told through this metaphor of like a jungle. I always kind of visioned um, your youth is like this big tangled mess and I thought the jungle was like a perfect metaphor uh, to represent you know the youth you know and um, when you're young like you don't have the tools necessary to kind of navigate through this jungle that is your youth and you know as you grow up you make mistakes and develop the skills and learn things along the way so that's kind of how the story of wild youth came to be mm -hmm. yeah how about with two hearts Two Hearts was, uh, you know, it was my first album. It was basically just about um, like love and heartbreak. Um, yeah, I was just going through a really hard time in life, and those songs were just kind of, you know, a result of all the stuff that I was going through at that mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Did that or those people know that or are aware of the songs were being about them? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Find out next time. <laughs> What was your reaction when you heard about the Juno Award? Oh, crazy. That was just not even a thing that crossed my mind at all. Mm -hmm. So when they told me one day, I was like, shut up. You know, <laughs> I like, just didn't believe them. Mm -hmm. And just kind of seeing that nomination list, I was like, whoa, that's totally crazy. I'm super flattered and honored. And it, it was cool just to kind of be recognized by, you know, something as big as the Junos in Canada because I was just, you know, this kid making music in like my mom's basement at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was like kind of like anyone can do this, you know. How would you say your music has changed compared to the early songs you made? Um, I feel like it's taken me a little bit of time to kind of figure out what exactly I like in music and what I want to bring to the table. Um, 
but now I'm, I'm so much more focused on just writing good songs and you know keeping a sound palette of instruments that I enjoy like the guitar and like the pianos and the strings and a lot of organic percussions so um, Wild Youth definitely helped me um, solidify my sound palette and who I want to be as an artist. How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? Oh god, have I? <laughs> I don't know. I still feel like the same kid. I mean, I've definitely, you know, writing music like that, you definitely learn a lot. And I feel like when you're, when you're growing up, um, you know, you're spending so much time investing in other people, you know, like you're making friends or you're getting into relationships. I find that like those moments when you're alone, kind of like when I'm just writing music is like, you know, the time where I can reflect about myself. So I'm definitely a much more mentally strong person than mm -hmm. I was um, when I made my first album. Uh, yeah, I definitely have music to thank for that. Yeah. Bodies have been your biggest challenges so far in your life. Um, keeping my mom happy, <laughs> uh, not bringing shame to my family. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a big hurdle, definitely trying to get, you know, my family, you know, on my side about this whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, especially in the beginning, you're not bringing in that much money, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not playing these shows and you're not getting the streaming numbers. So I was like, mom, just give me like a few years, I promise. Mm -hmm. I'll make you happy. You know? Oh, because you moved back in with them. No, oh, I, like, well. I moved out yeah. um, in Montreal and stuff. Uh, moved to Montreal. But um, it was just like a constant thing where, you know, she would call me like every month and just kind of tell me, oh, you know, like it's not too late to go back to school. To law school. <laughs> to law school, Still you not can do it, you know? And I was like, Mom, trust me, like, I can do this. Like, you just have to have a little bit of faith in me. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was a big obstacle. Mm hmm And what's her feeling towards all now? Is she, like, completely undersigned or so oh, a bit? Oh, she, man, once, once she saw that billboard in Toronto, she, mm -hmm. she's gassing up. <laughs> Sending it to her friends. She <laughs> just like cacao talk and stuff. She's yeah. like, look, listen to everybody. She's like, you have to pay my phone bill because I spent so much texting people. <laughs> she's, her, she's literally her PR at this point. Basically, on for the Korean community in Toronto. <laughs> and her dad can broadcast it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. What does love mean to you? Oh my god. That's a, that's, Jesus, that's an intense question. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just gonna say I really don't know at this point, mm -hmm. you know, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself and hopefully, you know, maybe in an album or two I can figure that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Last question, what mm -hmm. do you want to be remembered for? Oh god. You know, I'm not so much concerned about, you know, leaving this massive mark on something. I just want to, you know, live a life that, like, I'm happy with. You know, and make the people that I'm surrounded with happy as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, leaving a big mark is not a big concern for me at all. Yeah. I just want to have fun and, you know, enjoy the ride. Yeah, I love this. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.